theyeshiva.net. Since the Brazil sent out on the WhatsApp that we're starting a new Mimer today, so we have to start a new Mimer. <laughs> Matoivu uh, page 145. On top it says Bullock. Ayin Gimel, column 1, Matoivu Ayelecha Yaakov Chulu. 145, on top it says Bullock. Okay, this is a Mimer. <coughs> On this week's parsha, <coughs> it's from the year Tovkov Samach Beis, 1802. And it begins on the words that Bilam says in Parsha's Balak, the famous words with which we begin davening every morning, Matoivu Oyalecha Yaakov, Mishkinesecha Yisrael. How good are your tents, Yaakov, Jacob, the dwelling, your dwelling place is Yisrael, Israel. Lahovin Maimed Azal, to understand what the Gemara says, Kola Kode Alavram, Avram, Oiver Belav. Shenemar Velayikore Oid, Shimcha Avram, Elabeata Kode Liakov Yakov Hachinami, Shiny Hossam, the Hadra Hadrikra. The Gemara says, in Mesechis Brochis, Dav Samach, Tractate Brochis, page 60, that if somebody calls Avraham, Avram. It's overbelov, it's a transgression in Torah, because Hashem tells Avram, your name is not going to be anymore Avram. From now, your name is going to be Avraham. So because, uh, after after the bris, he changes his name, Parshish Lech Lecha. Avraham. Your name shouldn't be called anymore Avram. So if I now call him Avram, I go back to the old name. It's a violation of what the Rebbeinu Shalom says in the Torah to Avram. That your name shall not be called anymore Avram, but Avram. So therefore, Oiver Belav. It's a love. It says, you're not allowed to. Don't call him Avram and Avram anymore, only Avram. Frag the Gemara, Every Jew, he says, who was the third patriarch? Yaakov Avinu says the same thing. <laughs> Your name should not be called Yaakov, it should be Yisrael. And yet, he's more often called Yaakov than Yisrael. In Chumash, you have both names, Yaakov. So the Gemara answer is very interesting because with Yaakov, you see that later, even after the name change, the Torah calls him Yaakov. With Avram and Avram, the moment his name changes, you'll never have the name Avram again. It's for always Avraham. But with Yaakov and Yisrael, even later, many times, the Torah refers to him as Yaakov. So if Hashem himself, or the Torah himself, after the name change, goes back to the first name, obviously it's not a problem. It's not a violation. Taka says, don't call you Yaakov, you call you Yisrael, meaning there's a new name. But it's not in a way that you're not allowed to call the first name. It's like a second name, an additional name. doesn't take away the first name. The question is, this itself is the question. Why take here when he says, your name shouldn't be Avram, it's like canceled out. He's never called Avram again. But here he changes his name, it's not canceled. He goes back to the first name and the second name. So you have to say, the Indian is she'i she'lovah. 
This means that in order to get to Yisrael, you always have to go through Yaakov. You can't skip Yaakov, you can't ignore Yaakov. There's no Yisrael without it. This is, of course, all an introduction because Bilam uses two words, So here is an example where Yaakov is used again in the Torah. Even though it's by Bilam, but it was a prophecy and it's recorded in Chumash, so it's significant. So that's how this whole discussion comes in. What does the name Yaakov mean? So we go back to Parshas told us, after Yaakov receives the blessings from uh, Yitzchak instead of Esav. So Esav comes in and he realizes that Yaakov chapped away, Yaakov usurped the brachas. So Esav says, Yaakov. Now I understand why you named him Yaakov. Vayakveni Yaakveni is he... Um, What's the word? He um, he deceived me, like he outsmarted me. He used some crooked, deceptive way to get around me already twice. First he took my birthright. He found a smart way to take my birthright. When I was hungry and he had me sell my birthright for his lentil soup, for his dish of nezida doshim. That was one thing that he did to outsmart me. And now he outsmarted me again by dressing up like me and using my voice and using my, uh, and identifying himself as me to take the blessings. He did a crooked thing to get me. That's what the name Yaakov means. To understand this, you first have to explain and answer the question. Which question? <laughs> Think of another question about Yaakov. The question is, Lama Yardana Shama Lailam Haza. Akasha. Lama Yardana Shama Lailam Haza. Why did the soul come into this world? So some people will say, it says, In order for it to get tremendous reward in Ganadin. Huh? <laughs> Very good. To sell buttons, yeah. In other words, the Neshama coming into this world, and then it goes to Ganeid, and it has a Gavaldika Schag, Gavaldika reward. The question is, where was she before? She wasn't in a bad place. Before she came down into this world, she was certainly in Ganeid, and where was she hanging out again? She was in a very Geshmaka place. She was enjoying the radiance of the Divine Presence. So what's the Yisrin? Yisrin means what's the uftu, what's the advantage, what's the benefit, what is gained? Yisrin means a gain, like yeser, something that comes extra, Yisra, right? Yite parashachs. What's the Yisrin? What's the gain? What's the benefit? Al by coming down, chuli, coming down very, very low and being in this world and everything that goes through. Just to say, to go back to Ganeid, I was there. <laughs> I was there. So you have to pluck me out, take me away from there, take an Neshama away from there, go through a lot in this world. Huh? Very risque, as we know, very risque. 
So the Gemara says, Halavai, Baruch Baruch Halavai, you should come back the way you came in, at least the same. Risky. Very good, yeah. There are different answers that are given in this. In Svarim of Machshava, Hashkafa, Madrashim, Kabbalah. So there's, there's many different answers. This is a unique expression on the Kutatayrah. But the authentic answer, the true answer is based on what it says in Pirkeyavis. It says in Pirkeyavis, Chazal say, In Pirkeyavis chapter 4, our sages say, one hour of repentance and good deeds in this world is superior, it's more beautiful than the whole life of Elam Haba. We see that there's something about that's greater than all of Elamhab. What is this? For this, there's another Gemara, Mesechta Brachas, Taflama Dalad. Brachas 34. In the place where Bali Tshuva stand, even complete, wholesome Tzadikim can't stand. That's what the sages say in Mesechta Brachas, Lama Dalad. The souls before they come into the body certainly can be dubbed, they can be defined as wholesome tzaddikim, as completely righteous. A soul is sacred, a soul is holy. A soul is a chelakalakamimal. It's a heaven. So the souls for sure, it's not a question. Every soul is a tzaddikam. This is the yisrin, the benefit, the advantage. By coming into the body, it's only down here that the soul becomes a Baal which allows them to transcend and go beyond, way, way above, higher, and even higher from Tzaddik. So from all the answers that are given, why the soul came into the world, the real answer is to become a Baal That's the real answer. Up there, it's a tzaddik, gewaldik tzaddik, tzaddik gomor, whole tzaddik. And that's Ganeid, it's in Ganeid. A tzaddik belongs in Ganeid, in paradise, in holiness. As he says, nenem is Why take the neshama out from there? Over there it can't be a baltshuva. Down here below, the neshama could be a baltshuva. The neshama becomes a baltshuva. What a baltshuva means, there's also endless levels, what it means to become a baltshuva. But that's the ultimate thing that happens to an Hashem down here. It's transformed from a tzaddik into a baal And that's what the Mishnah says, When the Mishnah wants to describe Olam Hazah, the first thing it says is, one hour of tshuva. Why does it say one hour of maizim taivim? The first thing that defines this world is, it's the world where you can do tshuva. Where you can experience tshuva. Where you can experience tshuva. And that's the Olam Haza, Yafr Shachas, in the, from whole Olam Haba, one hour. Why the whole Olam Haba? One hour in Olam Haza is more beautiful? Because here there's the void of Tshuva. 
And that's why the Gemara says that a makam shabali chuvaim dem sadikim murim can't stand. It's not just referring to two people in this world. It's referring to the neshama itself. Where the neshama was before it was a tzaddik gomor. Where the neshama is through this world as it becomes a baltruva. And the place where the baltruva stands is completely not where the tzaddik stands. And for this it was worth it. For the neshama to leave its sacred oasis, its divine cocoon, and descend into Olam Haz, into the world with all the risks involved, in order to be able to make this journey and transformation from a tzaddik to a Is there much more to say? Mm-hmm. Now what does this mean? What's the difference between the tzaddik and the baltruva? What does it mean? And is it the process that, or is it the place where the nisham is going to stand after? But the process, and therefore the place. The, the, what happens in this world is there's there's that transformation. In this world, the nisham could become a pchin of baltruva. That's what he says. Nasim pchin is baltruva. In the journey of life, what's the basic difference between the tzaddik and the baltruva? We have to graduate here from the regular vocabulary. He's a Baltruva, she's a Baltruva, right? FFB versus uh, BT, from from birth Baltruva. That's how we're talking about here. Because he's talking here about FFBs also. <laughs> they say there was once a yid by the Beis Yisrael, by the, Ger- not, by the Leif Simcha, huh? Yaakov Avinu, yeah. Huh? Beis Yisrael. With Baal Tshuva, yeah. His father was Yitzchak, yeah. He grew up, he grew up, uh, it wasn't like Avram Avinu, yeah. Okay, we'll see. So they say there was a Yid by the Gerer Rebbe, and uh, he looked at him, and you know, he was identifying him. So, I don't know, he told him something. So he says, Rebbe, I'm not a Baal like, don't, you know, why are you talking to me like that? He says, Why not? <laughs> What would be wrong if you would do tshuva? <laughs> Wouldn't it be such a bad thing for you? There's the bal tshuva in terms of a cultural expression. A person who grew up without Yiddishkeit comes later to Yiddishkeit. So you have it, a culture, you know, you say this person's a bal tshuva, but really, and that's of course true, a person did tshuva, a person returned to Torah, to mitzvahs. Chazal said, Rebali Tshuva stand, even the greatest Tadakans stand. But Tshuva represents a concept that exists in every person's life. And that's what he says, even the greatest Tzaddik who comes down here, only in this world can he become a Bal Tshuva. As a Tzaddik he can become a Bal Tshuva. That can't happen in Gan Eden. And the key difference is, but on a basic level, the first thing that comes to mind is, a tzaddik is an expression of a certain type of life. A life of righteousness, a life of clarity. The concept of tshuva means, I got lost and I returned. If I always stayed home, I don't have to return. I left home. Tshuva comes from the word to return. In other words, I got lost, I shifted, I deviated, I wandered, so I returned. In other words, truth is always created from a certain distortion, from a certain uh, confusion, from uncertainty. There's a void, there's relapse, there is, uh, 
there's stumbling blocks, there's failure. I fell, I have to stand up again. There's rebirth after a person went through something. The tzaddik represents wholesomeness. You're righteous, you're good, you're good, you're goody good, you're holy, you're sacred. It's a gate. You're on a beautiful course. You have a path, the path goes straight. <laughs> you know, like on a highway that doesn't turn, you could be on cruise control, you could take your hands off the steering wheel, you could take your feet off the gas. There's no sudden turn, as I sudden turn, as I. But those highways don't really exist in Elam Haza. Maybe, I don't know, some places. The Baltruva is the person, there is twisting and there's turning. There is distortions, there is concealments, there's mistakes, there's failures. There's things I have to deal with and overcome. And then I could come back. The common denominator of any soul that exists in this world, whether you, you're, you're a tzaddik or a Baltruva in this world, is there's a process of tshuva. So Balatanya says that process is not that it's a mistake. That's the ultimate answer why the Neshama came into this world. To be able to do tshuva. To be able to become about tshuva. To be able to experience tshuva. Each Neshama according to its journey. There's so many journeys. That's what I'm saying. Within tshuva itself, we're going to see in this mimer itself many different levels. But the common denominator is, that's the experience of every soul down here. Which of course immediately gives a very powerful comfort and solace to the fact that any life you look at always has its struggle, its uh, its struggles, its failures, its setbacks, things that are not simple, things I have to overcome to be able to return. Whether it's as a result of a person's actions, or a result of a person's circumstances, or a result of a person's disposition, or a result of a person's relationships and so many other factors. So a person could often look at it and say, Lama, look at their life and say, Lama asa Hashem kacha, what do I have to deal with all of this? But the truth is that the ultimate journey from the neshama up there, down here, even in the most benign sense, is to be able to go through the transformation from being a tzaddik to being a bolshova. Yeah. The tzaddik of Yudatania will be full of no struggle? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The tzaddik represents that which is beyond struggle. The Baltshuva. Even the tzaddik down here is also Baltshuva. Because in order to get to a place of Alibi Chalol Bekirbi, we have no Yetzirah, you have to go through tremendous avoida. It doesn't happen. The gift of a tzaddik is that you have the potential to be a tzaddik. That some souls can become tzaddikim, real ultimate tzaddikim, but they still have to go through a process in the step. <clears throat> in the parentheses is a few myrim akaymis to other myrim, and then afterwards, I in Gimel column to the second line. But there are three types of tshuva. You say, about tshuva, what does it mean tshuva? There's three types of tshuva. Ha'echod hi tshuva tato. There's tshuva called tshuva dato, which means the lower level of tshuva, the basic level of tshuva. In Zoyer, it's called tshuva tata. Tata means lower, the basic level, like the lowest level. Low here doesn't mean that it's insignificant. Low just means it's like the first step, the first basic level. Tata, it's on the bottom, the first floor, or the foundation. That a person should be the ultimate surmeira, expression in Tehillim, Lamadalit, 
Sur me rava seitoiv. The first thing is to go to stay away from ra, which means shalayivgaim bavaynas gashvim bachshava dibudamais. This is the basic level. <laughs> basic level is to have control over your machshava, your dibur yamais. A person shouldn't blemish his life with thoughts that are that are that are that are not good, with with words that are not good, and with actions that are not good. Whether it's ben adam lachaveri, ben adam lamakim, between one person and other person, between a person and Hashem, that a person shouldn't blemish his life. He says, "Bavoyin is gashmim." Interesting, "Bavoyin is gashmim." Machshava dibaramais. <laughs> Very good question, Abana. He wants to know if there's still a lower level that he could fit into. So you have to understand in all these things, like in every Maimer, Bechlal, one of the big um, uh, setbacks for many people is what's called extremisms and perfection. The need for perfection and, and extremism. You see, a person sees something, right? And he has to live up to that and emulate it. And if not, he's a failure. And it's completely disconnected. And it drives a lot of people crazy. The truth is, is this old expression, perfection is the enemy of progress. Anybody who waits to be perfect, you don't get anywhere. It's the enemy of all progress. Whatever you need. If a person waits for perfection, there's no progress. And the reason is because it's never going to be perfect. There'll always be a critic. The same is true in life. So yeah, the Balatanya sets here forth, uh, he says a statement, right. A person should be completely, tachlis means ultimately, like to the end. Tachlis is tichla, to the end, huh? Absolute. Absolute. Yeah. But that process is a process of growth. Every person, but that's the basic concept of tshuva, is that the person has control over their life. What's their, your life? Your actions, your words, and your, your active thoughts. And here, there's the first process of tshuva. What's tshuva? Which is remorse for the past. And to uproot a person's rotsen from the negativity, from the toxic. And right away, he touches, what's ra? That's the definition of ra. Right away. Definition of ra, that he doesn't want to be separated from the true unity, from the true oneness of Asha. So, what is this level of tshuva? It's like, a person, I made a mistake, and I regret, I say I'm sorry. I say I'm sorry, I made a mistake, I experienced, whether it's in thoughts, and words, and actions, let's say between one person and another person, Shuvah on this level is when I was not Sur Meira, I blemished myself, I blemished somebody else, I hurt myself, I hurt somebody, and I, I do Shuvah, what we call repentance. So the first step is always there's a remorse, there's a regret, I feel bad, and I'm a scharit, scharit charot means regret for the past. Of course, res- resolution for the future, because if not, it's not real regret. It's like I'll do it tomorrow again, is <laughs> tomorrow I'm not going to do it again. And if he says, if a lacquer is ritzoyna, I have to uproot my will from the ra. Meaning, what's remorse? What does remorse mean? Remorse means that my rotsin is not in that place anymore. The fact that I was there yesterday means I wanted to be there. 
I take my will away from that place. I uproot it. I uproot my rotsen from that place. I don't want to be in that place. And what's the ultimate motivation? I don't want to be separated from the true oneness. I'm not sure what he means, commission is the Maimer just began. It could be that that Shabbos, there was another Maimer that he, that he said about this, about Achtos Hashem. I'm not sure. This Tshuva begins in Davening, when a person says, Baruch Hashem Aleikeinu, In all the Brachas, in Davening, a person begins, Baruch Hashem, in the Blessings. Ready, Berches Hashachar, right? Baruch Atah Hashem Alekeinu Malachoyla. Baruch Atah Hashem Alekeinu Malachoyla. So what's he saying? He's not just saying, Baruch Atah Hashem, you're blessed God, Elekeinu. It's brachas, as we said many times, is Hamshacha. Bracha means always to draw, to bend, to bring forth. So, Shayum Shachpchines Elekeinu Bikirbeinu. What I'm asking is, Elekeinu, Baruch Atah Hashem. It should be Elekeinu, it should be our God. Elekai, it should be mine. In Shulchan Aruch, it says that the Shema Lekim represents Kayach, strength. In other words, it should be my energy, it should, it should become mine. Vahubchin is Mamalakalalman. This is what's called Mamalakalalman, which as we know by now, hopefully, is what? Is the divine energy that, that fills, that is, is me. I want it, it, it is who I am. But I want to be able to align myself with that truth of Achdus Hashem. That's the first concept. And this is, this is how a person behaves. When a person lives with the oneness, that I'm one with Hashem, so then my actions will be a certain way, my words will be a certain way, my thoughts will be a certain way. Most, most, if not all sins, most of it is in the world comes because a person is deta- a person feels detached. And in the sense of detachment, they're looking for some other attachment. So Mela, the sin comes to compensate and to fill that void. You could look, you could make a list of any Aveda you did, and you'll see that usually... <laughs> huh? What? You can make a list and you'll see... Huh? Maybe you're underestimating yourself. We have to speak to your wife. <laughs> you'll see that usually it's coming because there's a certain sense of detachment a certain void that a person is trying to feel. Even when you lose it, you lose your temper, you get angry, you get frustrated, you get overwhelmed, and you lose it. Mm-hmm. You're in a lot of anger and a lot of jealousy and a lot of pain, a lot of loneliness. What's missing is Elekeinu. God remains above. Like we learned with the six and the seven, there's no synthesis, Mekoshesh, Mekavshesh. What's missing is the Elekeinu, that it's mine. In other words, that my energy, that the truth of me is divine. There's, there's a complete oneness. So that's what it means, Baruch Hashem This is what Moshe Rabbeinu says in Parshas Vayelach. We have a Chumash I don't know why I keep looking there. <laughs> he says, Haloi, al mitzauni so this mamash expresses this idea. Parshas Vayelech, as he says, Perik Lamed Aleph Yud Zayin. Hashem the Pasuk. Chapter 31, Pasuk 17 in Deuteronomy. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, 
The full pasuk is, I just want to read it for you. He speaks about, Hashem tells Moshe, I said Moshe, Hashem tells Moshe, you're going to pass away, and this nation may follow other gods and destroy the covenant. Yeah. I'm going to be very upset and hurt. I'm going to conceal my face. There will be a lot of distress. And the Jew will say on that day, Because Hashem is not Bekirbi, He's not in me. Bekirbi literally means in my intestines, in my kishkas. That's why I'm experiencing all this all this distress. So the Balatanya uses this Pasek as a uh, paradigm, not just for negative experiences, but for all type of Ra that exists in the world. It's because Aleka may be up there, but it's not Bekirbi. It's not who I am. I don't identify myself as being completely one with the divine, as a conduit for the divine. The first truth is to be able to find the Lakai Bekirbi, which is basically finding Mamalik Alam, and that's the first truth. To be able to find Hashem within you, that it's Mamir, it is you, that's you. When you could see yourself as that person, everything changes. And I take away, I say, I don't want to be in a place where I'm detached. I don't want to be a place where there's no Achtos, where there's no Yichud. That's the first truth. Uksiv, on this the Pasuk says, in Yeshaya 59, Yeshaya Novi says, your avoinus, your sins separate between you and Hashem. So he says again, it's between you and your God. In other words, the avoin is the perception that there's a real separation between you and Elokeichem. When a person knows the oneness that they always have with Hashem, there's no havdalah, there's no havdalah, there's no room for avoidness. This, the, the Jew who sur is the Jew who has this awareness. This awareness 24 hours a day. When there's this awareness 24 hours a day, it affects how I, what I do, how I speak, and what I, what I put, where, where I allow my thoughts to go to. The oven, the sin, is the curtain, it's the veil that creates the separation between Ha'adam Uben Elekeinu. In another place, we explain Pirish Vinyan Elekeinu. The reason that the Pasuk uses here the word Beinechem Lebein Elekechem. The word Elikim, and also in Parshas Vayelach, Haloiki ein Elikai bekirbi. He doesn't say Hashem, he says Elikai. Why? Shaimnim ken Hashem Elikim dafke. He uses the name Elikim. Vahainu mipneish mushum shekede lias Elikai bekirbi, because for Elikai be in me, shazel pirish Elikainu. Elikainu doesn't mean a God, it means my God, ours. It relates to me. You say, I'm your father, it doesn't mean I'm a father. It means I'm your father. It's an individual relationship. Hashem is Hashem. He's God of everything. He's God of the world and beyond the world. Elekai Nesham or Elekeinu means it relates to you. It's exclusive. My husband or my wife doesn't mean you're a husband or you're a wife. That's not going to do it. <laughs> it means it's mine. 
It belongs to me. It's, it's, it's exclusively mine. Hariat Mikudesh's Lee. Alekainu is about the exclusivity. It's my relationship with me. Hinezei Afsha, ah? Us, yeah. Us. Yeah. Hinezei Afsha, this can be. Kim, I date Simtsum. Only through Simtsum. I become yours by restricting myself, by condensing myself. If I'm flowing everywhere, I'm not flowing to one place. It happens through a tzimtzum restriction. There's an expression in Medrash. Medrash Rabbah says, or Medrash Tanchumah says in Truma, Hashem condensed, He compressed His shechina between the two poles of the Aran. How can the shechina be condensed? But that's what the, between the two poles, the two staves of the ark, He compressed His divine presence. So halaki ain't alaykai bekirbi. The bekirbi is always because there's alaykai. There's shema lekim. Avanesechem avdilim bein nechem lebein alaykechem. What makes it alaykainu is because shema lekim that I'm defined by you, by my relationship with you. The lechayir ain't moving. The message is trying to answer a question. Halay meloichalar it's kvayde. His his glory is everywhere. Fills the world. Vesheshemayim vesar it's animale. Pasuk says, the earth and the heaven I fill. Doesn't say the word, the term tzimtzum. He says, I mean, I'm everywhere. Suddenly by the ark, you say the word tzimtzum, you restricted yourself. Itakas says that I fill heaven and earth. The Novi says in Yirmiya, I fill heaven and I fill earth. In other words, everything. Not only the two sticks between the two poles of the Aaron. That's true. But nonetheless, even though that is absolutely the case, it's not revealed. It can be concealed. Hashem is called in Zoyar, Stimu means the concealed of all the concealed. Meaning, stimu dechol stimu, the word sasa means something is plugged, something is fashtop, closed. Here it doesn't mean plugged in the sense of plugged, that it's, it's, it's closed, but sasa means, it's like sasim deiraisa, it's concealed. The ultimate concealment. Avol bein ba'di gilui. Between the poles of the aron, his light was manifested. It was felt, it was experienced. That's why a person couldn't go into the Holy of Holies, only the Kain God, Lanyam Kippur. Everywhere you could go in, the same God who's in the Aaron is everywhere else also, but there's a difference. Everywhere in the world, it's Stimu Dechol Stimen. Hashem is completely present, but He's there on His terms. So what's missing is in the Gili, the manifestation. The experience of it is not there necessarily. But between the Badei Ha'arayin over there, there was a Gili. That's why the Medrash has to say in Bereish Rabbah, Tzimtzim Shechinasim For there to be a gili, for there to be able to be expressed and experienced, it, for the recipient, for the person who walks in, it's a different level of Kedusha there. For they, they had to condense himself, compress himself. Exposed, yeah. From the word gal, legalis, exposed, it's revealed, it's exposed. Huh? Gal ain't right. This is what's explained elsewhere. This is a principle of the Balatanya. In Elakus, 
the words, the concepts, histalkos and espashtos are not applicable. Histalkos means um, departed, like somebody is nostalgic, right? Nostalgic ha'onon, it says, right? The cloud departs. Stalkos means departs. And espashtos is the opposite, expansion. He says the difference is helem vigilu. Not his stalkos v'espashtos, which means if you're gone or you're not gone, but rather if you're exposed or you're not exposed. The observer, if the observer can experience you. Meaning, I fill heaven and earth. Fill means I fill it. Fill doesn't mean 50%. You say a cup is full, it means to the top. So when you say I fill the earth, it doesn't mean half of the earth I fill. No. Every nekudah where there's heaven or earth, animale, I fill it. I'm there. Animale. Mole means it's, you're full, it's filled with me, with my essence, with my presence. Rakshuabchin is helem. But it's not necessarily exposed. It can be concealed. Concealed means that the person doesn't have the faculties or the perception to be aware of it. And that's the key difference. Istalkos means you're gone. Spashtos means, okay, now you come back. Helem vigili means there's no gone. Helem is... Yeah. The word helem means concealed. The word gili means exposed, revelation. Revealed. So I can experience it. Just like by a person, the brain, what we call today the central nervous system, the thoughts are in the entire body. The entire organism is connected to the brain through the nervous system. There's nerves that expand and extend and branch off in very intricate ways. Billions and billions of, of, of nerve cells in the body that all branch off ultimately from the central nervous system in the brain that goes down to the spine. And as a result of that, the machshava, the thought process of the brain, is me'ir, it shines, it's, it affects. It's present even in the leg, even in the toe. Kedilah Kaman, as we'll say soon, we'll explain later. So what's the difference between the foot and the brain? In the foot, in the leg, it's much more concealed. It's called more in a state of makif. In the mayach, in the brain, the machshava, the thought, is revealed in the ultimate revelation and not concealed. The maimur that starts so the same is true with the world. For Elikus to come out in a gilui exposed, that one can experience it, it must go through a tzimtzum. What's pshat a tzimtzum? A restrictiveness. What we call gilui is for him a tzimtzum. When it doesn't have to be in the gilui, in other words. If it doesn't have to be filtered that I should be able to perceive, it doesn't have to go through a tzimtzum. He's here on his own terms. But I may, I may not be receptive to it. 
in order for me to be receptive to it, in order for it to be revealed, what is revelation for me is always concealment for him. Because if it's not symptom, if it's not compressed, if it's not condensed, if it's not restricted, there's no way I could perceive it in my limited perception. So if it's not mitzumtzum, it'll be here. But I, I can't experience it because my eye is simply not in a position to be able to sense it. So it remains behelam. It remains completely behelam. Not that it's not here. It's just I don't have the kalim, the vessels at the moment to be able to be aware of it in a pnimiyizdika way. It's here, but it's called makif. Makif is always an experiment. Something is here, but it's not here in a way that I can experience and internalize it. What we call soivavir. Makif doesn't mean it's around the cup. It could be in, but it's in in a way that it transcends me. It's not... Uh... And therefore... It would be an example of speech for the teacher to articulate his profound thoughts and speech is basically descending a level. It requires restricting the idea, limiting it, filtering it, figuring out the best way to communicate it. It's a hashpala, it's, it's humbling the idea, it's a yirida legabe arav, but it's the gili for the Talmud. <laughs> if it remains in the world of thought, what does the student have? Bopkus, <laughs> garnished. Dibur is what allows the student to experience everything. Without the words, he has nothing. So what allows him to experience it? What exposes the idea? Speech. But for the teacher, it's a hashpala, it's the idea going through a, it's a humbling process because all successful speech requires a tremendous amount of filtering and restriction to know what to say, what not to say, how to say. Sometimes people think in their minds, I have the idea in my mind. You get up to speak, it's a disaster. You see it constantly. Not because the person didn't have the idea, but it's chaotic. In your mind, it's good. For you, it's good. You know, your thoughts go, you, you know. But the problem is there's other people in the world. <laughs> the art of communication is the art of tzimtzum. It's the art of taking the idea and filtering it and communicating that the person who's not you and may be in completely different, especially if it's a Rav who may be way up there in a Talmud who may be way down there. And therefore the Rav must go through the process of tzimtzum for there to become gilui. So what's a gilui for the recipient is a helen for the communicator. What is a gili for the communicator is a helm for the student. What is more revealed in the world of the, ra- of the Rav is going to be concealed for the student because it's not tailor-made to his vessels, to his to his unique reality, to his faculties, to his koiches, characteristics, and the contrary, and to, the same is conversely. Val and for this reason, lias nikre elekeinu for Hashem to be called Eloikeinu. Ours! It's mine. It's ours. It's exclusive. It's a, it's a personal relationship. You're not a husband, a wife, a God, a father. It's ours. Ours means I can feel the I is you and you are me. I am you. That relationship, that intimacy of Eloikeinu that Hashem is my personality, my essence. This is only through tzimtzum. 
That's why taking Hashem's name and personalizing it, using these verbs, you will not find any other name. The name of Yudke Vavke, how do you say it when you want to say it's ours? <laughs> There's no name for it. The name Elikim is pliable. Eleka, Elikim, Elekai, Elekeinu, Elekechem. <laughs> how does it become so pliable? Shema Yisrael Hashem. It's Hashem, it always remains Hashem. Elekei, Elekim is different. Ani Hashem, Elekechem, Elekeinu, Elekai. Right? Ain Alekai Bikirbi. Why? Because Alekim is the name of Tsimtsum. And with Tsimtsum, with restriction, with condensing, it can become relatable in a revealed way to the student's experience. This is who I am. That's why we call it Mamalakal. Mamalakal means the way God is defined as the engine of the universe, the way God becomes the very I. The I of my I is Hashem. Is it all there is to Hashem? No. <laughs> We're back to the Gemara. But there's no I outside of it. So that's, and when that Elikai is missing, that's where separation begins. And when separation begins, means there's no Gilui. There's no Gilui of Elikai. There's no, it's not Bikirbi. It's not inside of me. I don't feel who I am. I don't know who I am. That's when the person becomes a broken person. That's what Ra is, brokenness. And from there, your thoughts, your words, your actions can go off course. This is the first tshuva, the basic tshuva. That's the first tshuva. To be able to re-identify yourself, to realign yourself with the divine inside of me. These are, this is my kish, because that's the first basic tshuva. He calls this the lowest level of tshuva. Huh? <laughs> what? The first level. So I think we can understand this pretty clearly. What Moshe, what, what Hashem means when he says to Moshe. A person will say on that day, because Hashem is not inside of me, therefore I experienced all these royas, all these bad or distressful things. I once saw a vart, I think it's from Rapsim Chabinim of Pshitzcha, maybe the Kajnitz Amagat, one of the very great Rebbes in Poland, one of the great Hasidic masters. So he said, He'll say that day, he says, he says before, There's going to be a lot of tsaris, a lot of bad things. So the Jew is going to say, You know why this happened? Because God is not in me. So he taichet, there's a classic chiddush, he taichet. He said, There's going to be a lot of tsaris. And what's going to be the biggest tsara? That he's going to say that God is not inside of me. So that's going to be the biggest tsara. <laughs> that's going to be the biggest tsara. As you learn, there's going to be problems. And you're going to say, you know why it is? Because God is not in me. He says, that's going to be the biggest tsara. That you're going to say, 
But really, it's not a bestam uh, avetl. He says, "Vanoichi has to ask to pane bayaymahu." I'm going to conceal my face that day. So the Balshamtov says, "Vanoichi has to ask to pane bayaymahu." Means that even in haster aster is also anoichi. It's also me. I'll conceal my face. In other words, I'm present there too. The point in all of this is, if it's really a loikai, it's never a case of istalkos. It's a question of helam and gilu. It's a question how much you're open to it. Not if it's here or not. That's not the question. Histalkus means it's a question if it's here or not. Helam and gilu is how much you're open to it. It's a whole different meaning. In other words, sometimes, let's say in a relationship, I'm going to give an example that I never give from relationships. <laughs> let's take a relationship. Uh, <laughs> you could talk about this a couple of times, especially in today's world. Sometimes you doubt if there's a relationship, you know? Let's say you once had a good friend, you got into a, ever happened to you? You got into a, a sikhsuch, some issue. You know, years later you meet somewhere, and you know, you look, is there, is there still anything left? Does he have anything left in his heart to me? Whether you're right, you're wrong, I'm not getting into, you know, who's right, who's wrong. But, you know, that happens. So the question is, is there a relationship? Is there really that level of, of connection? Or there's not. It once was, you know, sometimes you have a childhood friend and then you go different ways. Sometimes you had a partner in business, sometimes you had a family relationship. And things move on in life, sometimes to the better and sometimes things get, you know, <clears throat> ruined in the, in the process of life, in the process of becoming a Balshuva. That's a question of histalkus and espashtus. In other words, is the relationship here? May not be, may really not be here. You know, water came under the bridge, and you have to recalculate. What does the GPS do when you get lost? It recalculates. The old roads are gone. You left. What we're saying here is a very different idea. The relationship is always present. It's never a question. The question is, how much are you ready? Are you ready to experience it? Are you ready to open yourself up to it? That's a very different question in life. That's not a question of istalkus and ispashtas. That's a question of helam and gilu. In other words, I'm always here. I'm waiting. The question is, are you ready to show up? I'm here. You say, yeah, but I did this and I did that and I, you don't know how bad I am. I know everything, but I'm still here. <laughs> I'm here. I'm waiting. That's a whole different idea. The question is, are you ready? Are you ready to be vulnerable? Are you ready to be honest? Are you ready to confront your traumas, your fears, your stories, your issues, everything you're going through? Are you ready to regret? Are you ready to say, I'm sorry? Are you ready to be able to experience it? That's a whole different question in life. And the difference, of course, is heaven and earth. The difference is Ganeiden and Gehenna. The difference is Toiv and Ra. The difference is where a person is. So that's the key, the key issue. The first level of tshuva means understanding this. There's something called Elikai. Kai means God is not just the God of infinity. He's also the God of finiteness. He's mine. The God of my, if I want to say it in simple English, the God of my kishkas. Literally, Bekirbi means kishkas, right? Krovayim. We say in Nishmas. What's Kerev? The Kishkas, the intestines. Right here, inside here. Kloyas, the kidneys. Kerev, Uchloyas. 
Bekirbi, the reason we Kirbi means inside is because it's the intestines. Halakiena Lakaib, so it doesn't mean the intestines here, it means inside of me, but that's the concept. In other words, it's it's yours. A Jew has a moon that people believe that God exists. But it's not who I really am. There's no real, real intimate relationship. It's not who I am. I'm, I happen to be floating in the world. That's where the Ra comes from. All Ra, all disassociation, loneliness, and all, all trauma, all trauma, if you want to even speak psychologically, comes from this Nikudah. There's a part of me that I have to be ashamed of, ultimately. You have to lock it up and put it in a safe and never let anybody see it, including yourself. Because it's frightening. That's what trauma is. That's what trauma is. And it's an incredible idea. Because how much a person suffers from this. That there becomes this belief that you have to disassociate yourself from a certain part. Somebody sent me a book, it's called The Body Holds the Score. The Body Holds the Score, The Body Keeps the Score. From a, a, a scientist in Boston, a therapist, a scientist in Boston. So my wife showed me on Shabbos a picture that the author made, somebody drew, a patient drew a, drew a picture. A fascinating, sad picture. This patient was abused as a child. And she drew a picture of herself, that basically her body, she has a picture of a body, and then a picture of a mind, a face, a soul, and it's completely detached and it's watching the body. And she explained that basically as a result of the pain, she couldn't remain present. Because if she would remain present, it would be horrifying. It would be too much. She was too sensitive. So her soul, her consciousness, so to speak, detached from her body, it's like death when you're alive. It detached, and she watched it happen to somebody else. It's like you're watching somebody else experiencing pain in order for you to be able to protect yourself. So now for the rest of her life, she's not present in her body. She's pushing not present in her body. There's like two separate people. There's an observer who always remains in a safe distance. You know, the observer is on top of a bleacher watching life happen, but there's absolutely no connection. So when you're speaking to me, who are you speaking to? Which part are you speaking? That part is away. It's been dead for a long time. It's been gone. And the part that's actually down here is completely divorced. It's like emptied from its consciousness. And the pain that that causes and the results of challenges that it causes are very, very powerful. That's just one example of what happens is where the person has to almost lock up their inner security, their inner life, their inner consciousness, put it away. Because it's too painful down here. But there's so many other manifestations of this, and the common denominator of all of it is, whether it's shame, whether it's fear, whether it's pain, whether it's loneliness, is, Ein Elekai Bekirbi. What's Ein Elekai Bekirbi? That I can't really, 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 and do really another few times, really believe that that I, that that I at its core is not a piece of shame. That that I at its core is a manifestation of the divine, what we call Mamalik Alalman. To be able to negate that void, that void that I have to run from, that I have to be embarrassed. It's clear what I'm saying. 
or not so clear? Reb Shloyme Fashtest, huh? That Reb Shloyme Fashtetach. He's waiting. The relationship is always there. The question is how much I'm ready to be aware of it. And this is not about judgment. This, this girl didn't do, didn't do this by choice. She did it as a little kid. She did it probably as a four-year-old, as a six-year-old. It's not about guilt or judgment, but it's about awareness. It's always about awareness. You know, it's never about judging, oh, so now I'm such an idiot for not doing this. That also comes from the void. <laughs> the void tells you I'm an idiot. That's part of, that's part of what you have to do tshuva for too. Because it, it blocks you. It always blocks Whenever you go into a judgmental mode of yourself, you're not in a place of growth. You're just in a place of Lashon Hara. Right? Chafetz Chaim says, you're not allowed to speak Lashon Hara about other people. And he says, you're also not allowed to speak Lashon Hara about yourself. And by the way, sometimes it's harder. Because Lashon Hara about yourself is even b'machshava. <laughs> but what's Lashon Hara about yourself? Just bad, bad things. And Lashon Hara, by the way, doesn't mean it's a lie. Moitzi Shemra means it's a lie. You defame somebody. Lashonara means it's true. Lashonara doesn't mean it's a lie. Gossip is not a lie. The best gossip is true gossip. <laughs> Everybody knows. The juiciest gossip is MS. Well, you're making lies, big deal. You can make a mighty shemra, you open up a, you, 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 you stum say lies. Lashonara is truth. About yourself is the worst Lashonara because you know all the truth better than other people. But you have to be careful. It's called Lashonara. I truva. Truva is not Lashonara on yourself. Truva is recognizing that that's who I really am. And there's always, it's always present. What I need is, I need to make it from Helam to Gilui. From Helam turn it into Gilui. So this is a tremendous source of hope and that the, the, the connection was always there. The question was, was I capable of it? And can I tell myself that deeper than all my fear and all my trauma and all my pain is my connection, my divinity? Because if at the core of self is really the divine, then ultimately I don't have to run anywhere. But this is not easy. I'm saying words. To experience this is sometimes very difficult. If you've, those of you who relate to what I'm saying on an experiential level, I should say unfortunately maybe, with the trauma and everything, know that the experience of it is not a simple experience. Because the experience of it comes with, you know, it's easy to talk about things. It's easy to talk about things. After the tzimtzum, you could talk about things. But to experience it, to be able to really experience it in your life, often when the situation comes in front of our eyes, we just revert back to our instinctive survival skills, you know? We just, you just fall back into it. And that ability to be able to stay there with a new consciousness, with a new paradigm, is sometimes very, very scary. To be able to be present, and to be able to say, God is present, I can also be present. And the two are not separate, of course. Ah. <laughs> That's a good question. He says, is God part of the escape too? <laughs> Yeah, so that's why it says Vanoichi Haster Aster, Haster Aster. So the Baal Shem Tov said that the Hester is behester. 
<laughs> the Hester is Behester. <laughs> the escape is also part of the story. You understand? It gets very deep, but the escape is also. He's there in the escape too. Yeah. Which means, in other words, that which means that healing is always right around the corner. You just have to turn. If he wasn't in the escape, then you'll say, okay, come back. No, right? You just have to turn the corner. You know, you at the corner, Karen's on. In Gemara, there's a lot of times an expression, but Karen's of us. You're in the corner. You'd have to turn. It's there. You're asking a good question, Abiyakov. You have an answer? I raise the question only because this seems to be an after-the-fact analysis of how I can uh, realign myself after, in other words, after yeah. a sword and a shield. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now I have, to, I have to make a sword and a shield out of my own godly. I, yeah. I have to realign myself. Yeah. Initially, you know, when the tank is on its way, and, and I don't have a tank, that's the question. How do I... Right. How does that shin with what you're saying? The author is saying here about my ability to realign myself. It seems like it would be. Yeah. The shiva could be a pretty uh, hard one. Yeah. The only thing I would add is you're right. The only I would say the word hard is a is a true word, but it's hard because we make it hard, which is understandable. Right, right. Really, it says in Zoyar, It's a split second of awareness. Because everything is here. The only thing that was not here was my perception. So yeah, you're right. That can take like a lifetime <laughs> to change your perception. But that's the only thing that's missing. Huh? A couple of lifetimes. <laughs> or one maimer in Lukutatayla. There's an expression in Pekayavis, Basarim Amoris Nivraha Oilam. Matamadlaim Halaiba Maimir Echad Yachili Boris. So there's an old word by Khsidim. What do you need a Sarim Amaris? Mit ain Maimer Kemin Bashafim Veran. But Maimer Echad with one Maimer Yachili Boris. You can you can you can create a world. One saying, of course, one Maimer. But sometimes in order to perceive it, you have to go through. So you're 100% right. I think it goes to the question of why is it in the world? Why is the person that yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So maybe it's for a different mind. The <laughs> funny thing is that when a person is super successful, he's not open to it. He's running, he's busy, he's happy. When he's becoming depressed, when he becomes distressed, then when he suddenly opens up for so it's a, it's a reverse, uh, you know, success has occurred. Some, some people, 
I think so. She'll make the but I think our real calling is to be able to appreciate this from success, not only from a place of, of, of need and, and desperation, from a place of success. Right. It's like the attic has to hit bottom. Ah, rock bottom. So it's not just the royus of history, bad things. It's the ra of a person, the brokenness of a person, the toxicity of a person, the the destructive behavior or immoral behavior of a person. Really, every type of aved in the world. There's this shasam mitzvah loisasa, the rais, and then the rabbana. From a thing like Rechilas to a thing like Lashon Hara, from stealing, from, from lying, even all lying. Where does lying come from? Why would a person ever lie? Only Kuyena Lekai Bekerbi. On a basic level, it's, you know, if, if you knew that God was, was, was listening to you, so you wouldn't lie, because He knows. Hashem He's, He's in Tanya, Perik Mamalif, they made a niggin now, yeah, Vihine Hashem. So, uh, so what's Pshat Vihine Hashem Nitzavalov? Again, people get traumatized from these statements, you know, God is here, like, leave me alone, just go to somebody else. But really, I think a much, a much more appropriate understanding is, God is like hanging on to every word of yours, you know, like, like somebody who's crazy about you and they will not leave you alone. It's like every word they're hanging on, like, Vihine Hashem Nitzavalov. He's so in love with you, like, what's next? Like, and you can't say anything wrong, you know, when you're crazy about somebody. It's like every breath is precious. Every word you hang on to, uh, it's like, I don't want to let you go. Your relationship with me is so valuable that it's like, it's too good. It's too powerful. So a person recognizes that their words are different. On a deeper level, it's, the reason I'm lying is I'm trying to run away from reality. Why am I trying to run away from reality? Why am I trying to run away from reality? Last week I came pretty late one day. So I apologized for coming late. So somebody said, you were probably in traffic. So I said, no, I live like two blocks from me. I can't get into too much traffic. I mean, in the shul, you could get into some traffic, I should say. But it wasn't traffic. I mean, it was a minute of traffic, but not uh, uh, parking. Yeah, It wasn't a half an hour of traffic, let's put it that way, whatever it was, 20 minutes. So I thought, why are people... Uh, uh, I'm stuck in traffic. I'll be late. Wait, what do you have to say that? Ayeka. Uh, I'm stuck in traffic. Huh? Okay. Well, why doesn't the person say, I actually left late? <laughs> I woke up late, I overslept, I left late, I, I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's always disassociating from reality. I'm ashamed with my reality. I'm ashamed with my reality. What does it mean in spiritual words? God is not here. He's not in reality. So I substitute it. That's what it really is. And you know what, and if I made a mistake because I was supposed to leave an hour earlier, okay, so that's what truth is. But by, disassoci- by, by blaming other people, 
by making believe it didn't happen, you're not taking responsibility for it. You're not going to grow from it. You'll continue lying next time also. A lie with a lie and a... They say what Lincoln, President Lincoln said that liars need good memories. Because <laughs> you have to remember what you said yesterday. You know? <laughs> society is such, you know, like you mentioned many times, you meet somebody and he asks, how are you? And the guy starts to tell you how really he is. And he's the Lindniks. You don't want to hear it. You know, you acceptable, you know, the life goes on. I hear. They say the definition of a nudnik is you ask him how he is and he tells you. That's a. Huh? There's an expression in Yiddish. There's a big difference. I'm not allowed to lie. It doesn't mean I have to tell everybody the truth. Not every person I see in shul. By the way, let me tell you what happened this morning and what happened last night, and let me tell you about this issue. <laughs> they may not be kalim for it, and it may not be appropriate. <laughs> Just like you don't tell your child everything about your life. But that doesn't mean, but I, but that's not saying a lie. I'm not talking a lie for pikuach nefesh, or uh, sometimes it says an Allah mutal shanois, etc., Iron a coin. I have shallow, but I have shallow. We're not stopping. You want more? You want more? Come back It's not stopping. It's a little hafsaka. I once heard the Lubavitcher Rebbe was once Fabrengi, and he finished the Fabrengi. And there was like, uh, it was very, very powerful stuff. And it was, uh, like, was you know, there was a certain void. So the Rebbe said that uh, the Maharash was the fourth Lubavitcher Rebbe had a daughter. Her name was Dvarileya. And her father bought her a toy or something. And it fell and it broke. So she started to cry. And they couldn't console her. Not with words and not with candies and not with prizes. And her father came, he said, he'll buy another toy. No. And she was screaming and she had a tantrum and it was going for hours and hours, he said. And the whole house was, nobody could relax. She was screaming and screaming and screaming. After a few hours, she got exhausted. So she stopped crying. But she turned to her to her family and she said, Don't think for a moment I stopped crying. I'm just taking a break. We're going to resume. <laughs> A little girl. Don't think for a moment I stopped crying. I didn't stop. It's a deep story, by the way. Huh? No, sometimes people in life, they don't stop crying. They just took a break. The rest? Huh? They don't stop crying. They just took a break. Huh? Candy, it's not, I don't stop crying. I take a break. So the Rebbe said, we're not stopping the Fabreng and we're taking Hafsaka. And it could be because for those who don't stop crying. So therefore, there's also the antidote of that the Fabreng won't stop. Wasn't that letter that Rev. Jacobson read about the Rebbe wrote to the boy that was having challenges? And he made his challenges into a very positive thing. Tied in with this also. That's always finding God inside of you, yeah. Ain't a kaibakirbi. Yeah. If I run away from the mistake, it means 
I feel, in other words, I'm so ashamed. I'm, I'm a lost case. Tshuva means I learned from the mistake. I made a mistake, yeah. All lying is detachment. I detach from reality. And it never brings you anything. That's what all, every Aveda is that. Denial, detachment, alienation. It's living in a fake, fake world. Fake world. Why do addicts always lie? Isaac, addicts always lie, right? Addicts. People are, they always lie. They can't live in the real world. And it's all, sh- and how much shame does that cause them? It's coming from shame and it brings more shame. When you're always lying, you look in the mirror, you know that you're lying. You can't live with yourself. So what do you do? You become more addicted. Ain't there a for the person himself? But you become so good at it that you create a double life. It's like uh, Saddam Hussein had a double. You remember? Saddam Hussein, had, in case that, you know, so that, that guy, you know, in case assassination attempts. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what's the concept of a double psychologically? You're not you anymore. You, you become like a double. There's you and there's somebody else. The real you is buried away somewhere. And, 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 and the, the, the you that everybody sees is like a fake you. That's what happens after a while. Like your soul dies because you're not present anymore. I lie and I lie. I mean, there's so much shame. I just run away. And the, soul, the, the self that's functioning is not the real self. So what's missing? What's missing is the connection. This is the source of healing, the connection, the ability to be able to stay present and realize that the I is not shameful. I don't know how many things happen because of people's shame. How, much, how many things don't, people don't do because of shame? Rabbi Isaac Bistoifus That's the Alter Rebbe sagt, Alam al Emes. Alam al Emes. Huh? Well, that's why the Emes has to be given in a sweet way. <laughs> and just... Uh... No, so symptom is not a lie. Symptom is not a lie. Symptom means... Being sensitive to your audience. That's not a lie. Yes, you can call it a lie, but it's not really a lie. Relative to ultimate truth, it's a lie. But the question is, what's the point of it? The point of it is not to lie. The point of it is to give the truth in a way that can be heard. That's why it's not called a lie. If I'm doing it to pervert, to cover up, then it's a lie. But the teacher is communicating through Tzimtzum because he wants to give the truth, not because he wants to hold back the truth. He's giving it in a way that the person can hear. That's already not a lie. So it's like if, if a wife comes to a, to a rob and complains about the husband, but the, the rob stops the husband and says, hey, can't you came to me and she loves you, which is a pure lie, right? But uh, he has to give it that this way in order to actually restore something which is there. Right. The emesis, there is maybe there in the there. Which yeah. Is, uh, There's an expression in Chazal, Mutr shalom. You're allowed to deviate from truth for peace. It doesn't say Mutr L'Shaker. It says Mutr There's a big difference. Right? L'Shanah is not L'Shaker. 
So I once heard from the Rebbe, he said, the difference is, Lashaka means you're making up a lie. Lashanais means you're not lying. You're revealing a truth that is very hidden. But no, it's very different. It's very different. You understand what I'm saying? It says in Ovis Derebnon that Aaron, right, used to tell a husband, used to tell a wife, the person is so hurt that he's not in a relationship with you. I, the guy, cursed him out yesterday. He's so hurt. Really? Wow. So he regrets it. Why did he do it that way? So you say, it's a lie. It wasn't a lie. Aaron knew that he's hurt. He just doesn't know that he's hurt. But Aaron saw last night at the Kiddush how he was drinking. Why was he drinking? <laughs> Why was he drinking? Because he's hurt by the relationship. So Aaron served as the person who revealed that. Now you have to know when you're allowed to do that. <laughs> Even then, it's not that I can always just, you know, uh, but, but, but there's a depth there. It's not that you're lying. You're not going away from reality. You're trying to help reality. A husband and a wife who don't have shalom bias, you're trying to tell each of them things that will be able to bring them together. You're not trying to fake, to create a fake life, to create a fake relationship. On the contrary, the conflict is coming from fakeness, from a cover-up. And you want to reveal a deeper truth where they can connect. But by the way, the Baal Shem Tov once said that the tshuva for somebody who lies is never to say anything that's not true, for the, even for the best intentions and even in the ways that Chazal said you're allowed to. Because, like you know, when, when the Rambam says in Hilchas Deis, when you go to one extreme, the only way to fix it is, if you go to the middle, you're not going to fix it. You know, when a paper was bent, you know, for a few weeks, you have to bend it the other way. You have to go to the other extreme to be able to straighten yourself out. What do you say? Someone with the drama as a child, it's, it's going to be honest. It's not going to bring it to a better place. If he's not lying, it's going to bring it more down. Okay, so somebody who's been through trauma must have must have help. The, the, the person needs assistance to be able to to help them navigate between the world of lies and the world of truth. They really need help with this. But ultimately the point is to always to be able to come to a place of truth. Like everything, growth has to be step by step, incremental. A person goes to one extreme, you know, they could burn all bridges and then, you know what I mean? Sometimes those things will happen. Sometimes a person has to go to an extreme just to let go of the chains, and then they could straighten out. There's a lot, uh, you know. Sometimes that has to. Sometimes it has to be an outburst because it was too much. There's too much, you know, lies in me. I have to, uh, I have to let it go, and 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 you know, let the where pieces fall where they fall. <laughs> then maybe I'm going to have to say some I'm sorry's, but that's sometimes part of the process. But it's very hard. A person who lives with lies is just too hard. It's The brain can't deal with it. That's why they make doubles. The concept of a double is I can't be present in my life because I have to, I have to check out. It's too much. Like, like that abuse victim. She had to run away from herself. Too much pain. And once I get rid of my... Once I'm not here, then I can lie forever. <laughs> I once saw a line. Somebody said, there's two ways to be happy. Either to have a clear conscience or to kill your conscience. <laughs> One of the two. <laughs> Either just get rid of it, and then you're good. 
or have a clear one. <laughs> Only two ways to be happy. <laughs> Kill it or, 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 or make it clear. There's an old, uh, I once heard from a Yid, he's a big Talmud Chacham, he's a Paisik, he's a Chash of a Yid. So he's a very Ehrlich person. So he told me that there was once, um, they said an anecdote about a Rav, who was at a Dintaira, there was a court case. And um, one of the sides slipped an envelope. Uh, you know, under the table, he slipped him an envelope. And he took it, and by the break, he looked at the envelope, $5,000, and suddenly the arguments started to go in that direction. And the verdict was like that person who bribed him. His opponent comes over to the office and says, listen, I saw what happened. And I also know my guy, he bribes everybody. But I have a question. You're a chashavayid. I understand you need money. I understand you're for sale. A lot of people are for sale. Maybe most people are for sale. But $5,000? A guy like you, with your name and your prominence, I would say less than 100000 You don't even look his way. $5,000, he got you to sell your neshama, become a lawyer, take shaykhat. It's a pastor. I mean, you're a man of prominence. Sell your soul, but for a couple of dollars, not for five grand. In Yiddish, she says, Sfakoiv din neshama for $5,000. You sold yourself for $5,000. She looks at him and says, no, no, you don't understand. I sold my soul 30 years ago for a million bucks. Ich bin afakoiv din neshama. Now everything is just revach. Now everything is, is just extra profits. <laughs> 30 years ago I sold my soul. Don't you understand? It's gone. It was for a good price. Now it's just, you know, it's called dividends. Machanaz. Well, who cares? What's <laughs> That's what happens to lives. That's it. And then you're stuck there. You're a double. So it's always about going back to the to the truth. Yeah, same idea. It's all the same idea. Nasa all that. What's the process? When somebody identifies Adam, he wants to remove the halal. It's a practical process. The wants exercises. He wants exercises. This frustrates you? If I would just walk away with the idea with no uh, practical way of achieving it, maybe that's part of the process. It is. <laughs> it takes action. Like I tell people to come to my office, they ask me what exercises, this and that. I say, just do something. Do, just do anything. Just do something, you'll feel better. Go for a walk, stretch, go jump in the lake, drink some water, just something, something. And then they come back two weeks later, what could I do to make myself better? And I know they didn't do anything that I recommended. No, they did. They went out and they bought a cheese danish. <laughs> and they drank it, which is doing something. Because there is aces. <laughs> There's aces, practical aces. It's going to do and going to the mikvah and davening with kavana and doing affirmations. And like Red Pinson said, a few go to nature and turn off the radio, and listen to nice, inspiring music, and sing, and be with inspiring people, and learn Hasidus, you know, all these things, all these things. Tichtavadza. Tichtavadza. 
Because I told him that I asked him the question that you asked. It's okay. We're 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 bunnies. We're bunnies. We bribe each other. We all know everything. It's well, just uh, he's able to tell us. You need to tune in the dial. He's showing his questions. See that there's an example of rivers, which is all in the sunken, that, that people shouldn't have to bankrupt themselves by giving it all back at once. In other words, because it would be too hard for them. So yeah, he's, he's asking very, he's asking very thing. How do I practically do this? Yeah. Takanos Hashavim. Yeah, I think it's just a joke, but it's a good joke. <laughs> Let's hope it's a joke. Maybe it's not a joke. I don't know. There is such a guy somewhere, but someone made a remark about lawyers earlier. Because they don't know you. They don't, that problem of that guy is he doesn't know you. See, the whole thing is the system is not about Ennis. He's asking that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that, how is a person going to practically do something? The whole thing is guided by Shekhar. The point is, it's like that. You know, you have your view of Ennis. You have to promote that. Yeah. And then, when Churchill say that the truth is so precious that it has to be surrounded by a body? During times of war, truth is so precious it has to be protected by bodyguards of lies. Mr. Churchill. Truth is so precious it has to be protected by bodyguards of lies in times of war. The Hest? Huh? This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.